Welcome to the Forever 80s podcast, hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. Hey there, welcome to the Forever 80s podcast. This is Liz Worth, and I am here today with Donna Lennox. Donna is the founder of Gear 80, a handbag and fashion line from the 80s that is going through a revival. Welcome, Donna. Hi, how are you, Liz? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Very excited to be my first podcast. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'm really glad that you're here. It's great to meet you. You too. So you are the founder of Gear 80, and uh, these are, I think, highly sought after bags, I know, on the vintage scene. I've tried to buy some vintage versions of Gear 80 online, and they go pretty quick. I haven't had any luck in getting one, but uh, I was really excited to see that you are bringing them back because I was able to get a brand new one last year. So thank you for doing that. Oh, that's great to hear and very exciting. And that's kind of how it started. We were, you know, when I tell you the story, um, I was with my girlfriends. We were at brunch and we were talking about 80s fashion and back in the day. And we all have photo albums because back then you had photo albums instead of scrolling through your phone. And we always send each other pictures from back in the day and the gear bag came up. And we couldn't find one. You can't even find one on Poshmark, on eBay. It's like impossible to find this bag. I think I found a few and they were sold out by the time I got to it. So when I started, when I relaunched the brand, um, I couldn't find one to see how I could copy it. So I kind of went off of memory and redesigned and revamped and modernized the gear bag. Wow. Okay. I, I love that. I, I love how organic this revival sounds, sounds like. Yeah, it, it really was so organic. I mean, one time I'll show you video from the, the brunch that my girlfriends and I had, that was a fun time. And with that fun, you know, 40 years of friendship, we shared a lot of laughs and my 30 year, um, in my, I've been in the business for 30 years. So I went home, I found a factory, I made a sample. It came out unbelievable. I trademarked the name, which hasn't been around in since 2009. It was a textile company that the, the gear bag was actually like a blip from 1984 to like 1987. And, but everybody, I mean, it was the it bag when I was in high school and so everybody remembers it. And when I got it out there, I would get messages from girls saying, I'm so excited you did this. I can't believe this. I always wondered whatever happened to the gear bag. I mean, I almost became like an overnight rock star. Like it was really funny. <laughs> it was it was so exciting. And I was so happy because I felt like even if it's I know it's just a bag and as crazy as that sounds, but I put a smile on so many people's face from remembering easier, simpler times, simpler days. Um, growing up in the 80s was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was it about the bag? Can you, first, maybe we should describe the bag for people who are listening and have no idea what we're talking about. Sure. So yes. the gear bag um, was really known for their embossed dots. It was like a rubber material. And it was really almost like a laptop case. It was just um, like a clutch, but it was really what a laptop case was just, you know, two pieces sewn together, 
it was really a, a nothing bag. And ev like I said, if you did not have one at that time, you were like, you had to have that bag. So um, again, they were known for their bubble embossed dots on the rubber. So when I went to the factory, I kind of um, gave them an idea of what I was looking for. I got the material and I revamped the bag. I lined them. I made an inside zipper pocket and I added a wristlet to it so that it's a little nicer than the bag you carried when you were 15, 16 years old. Now, you know, you can organize a bigger bag, which is why the younger girls, it's like a whole new generation of girls are very excited about this bag because it's just a cool bag. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting what you're saying uh, when you talk about it being the it bag in the 80s, because one of the things that I think about a lot when I compare the 80s up until now is that fashion was something that so many more people had to participate in at the same time then. It seems like now there's a lot more eclecticism that we have and freedom. We don't have to chase the trends. Oh, definitely. And anything goes in fashion these days, which is exactly why my customer is anyone from, I mean, my friend's mother, you should see, um, I have a picture on my Instagram. She just looks so sophisticated in this bag. And, she, you know, she remembers it from her daughter, but not that she would carry it. So it's really evolved into just a great bag and nobody's following anybody. They're just, you know, back then, you saw somebody had it, you had to have it. Now everybody, you know, wants it, whether they're the younger generation or the older generation or the people who remember the brand, mm -hmm. which is what's exciting about this too, because it, instead of building a brand and starting my own business, I kind of relaunched a brand. So I had the brand recognition. So I kind of became a brand overnight as opposed to building a business. Right. Right. Where did, what happened to the original gear? You know, I don't know. When I went to the lawyer to trademark the name, it hasn't been used since 2009. I think it was just a an older company and they probably just let it lapse and go. Wow. I find this so interesting because I, I, I can't imagine having something that I loved and then being able to actually have some kind of ownership over it one day and help to get it back into the world. Well, I can tell you that the reason I did this and it was really go bigger homeless and homeless wasn't an option was because I have invented a lot of things throughout my life, everything that I've never done anything with. And then I saw that somebody did that. So this was the first time I said, you know what? I'm doing this. I can do this. And I was working two jobs. And then I quit my job in the fashion industry to really focus on this. And I said, I'm hireable. So I'll give this, you know, six months. I'll see what happens. And I did everything from I shipped the bags myself. I mean, I'm the warehouse manager. I'm the designer. I'm the owner. And then I found a shark. I met somebody um, whose wife recognized the bag and he's in the business. And um, we became partners. He's a great strategic partner to have because he owns He's partners with a lot of different brands in the fashion industry. Wow, that's amazing. So things are clicking together now. So things are falling in place. Yes. Does it feel in some ways like there's some serendipity at work there for you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it does. And it's very exciting because my background is really the moderate um, 
business. So now I'm in a lot of these better boutiques and I ship direct to customer. And it's such a nice business because people, like you said, a lot of these boutiques carry different, they all carry different clothing. Nobody's, and I go myself personally, I like to buy something that's special, not that everybody's wearing. So you can wear whatever you want. And then this bag can just, it just changes up. Like I said, it can be like a punk rocker who's wearing this bag. It can be somebody who's completely sophisticated wearing this bag. It can be, you know, I always describe myself as like modern day, um, modern day hippie. I used to call myself homeless chic, but I realized effortlessly chic sounds a lot better. <laughs> so, and this bag is, it's lightweight. It's such an easy bag to carry around and it has a cool factor to it. It, it just does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for people who are really interested in vintage culture and specifically the 80s era, then that just adds a whole other layer of love. Exactly. Yeah. And really none of the other designers, like, you know, because I've done my research, nobody ever really did the embossed dots. So even my first collection, I did some with the label on the outside and some with the label on the inside because I wasn't sure what would the gear label mean. So when my first investment... I said, I'm going to try it both ways. Well, she has spoken and she loves the label on the outside. She remembers the brand. She knows the brand. Um, it's a brand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I evolved it because they really were the clutch. That was what they were really known for. So now I have several crossbodies, um, fanny packs, different designs on there. And it's all the same material. So it's um, it's been exciting. It's been That's a fun amazing. journey. It's amazing. I don't know, we might have already answered this question, but I'm curious if you have a certain vision as to who these bags are for when it comes to the people who are buying them and wearing them. So again, I, I the vision for me is who I am. You know, I feel like I have been in this business for so long. I struggle with shopping myself personally because Unless it's something special, I feel like I have 10 others that look like that in my closet. So what I felt like was since nobody ever even went after this, like in Boss Dots, it was such an, you know, it, it it's very, like I said, a cool bag. So that's why I really went after it, because I felt like nobody has done anything like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've found interesting uh, is how much nostalgia there is around 80s fashion, especially in the last few years, you've seen a lot of people who are in their early 20s are starting to look for authentic 80s wardrobes on eBay and in thrift stores. And uh, it seems like the timing of your bag is perfect in that way. For the first time in my life, the timing was perfect. So yes, it's true. And ironically, I always um, think big. So I always have like a bigger picture. And whether it's just like a pipe dream or something, my big picture is what makes my smaller picture, is what drives my smaller picture. So ironically, I trademarked um, Year 80 Lifestyle. And I thought to myself, eventually, I would love to be a platform for all retro brands, because yes, there's eighties retro, there's nineties retro, retro. My children will eventually have something that is something that they remember from their childhood that will be retro for them. 
So my bigger picture was Gear 80 Lifestyle really is a lifestyle, like a champion sweatshirts or whatever the brand may be, have one platform with all of these retro brands. Again, that's down the road. I'm not even going there, but I always like to think big picture. Mm-hmm. I love that. Why Why do you think nostalgia is so strong when it comes to the 80s? So I think for two reasons. I think it was a time um, where, well, first of all, two things. I always joke that I feel bad for kids today because we went through awkward stages, I feel like all of us back then, you know, and I feel like these girls today, they're all going to look back and they all have the most perfect hair and everybody has the perfect eyebrows and, you know, not nobody looks awkward. Like we all had that stage. So A, I think it's funny to look back and see the evolution of where you've come as a person, right, in your fashion. Um, and... I also think that um, it was just a, it was just easier, simpler times. I think that's what it is. Like some of the stores that I sell to tell me that girls will walk in and they will spend like a half hour just talking about, oh my gosh, the gear bag. Remember when? And they just go back to simpler days. Mm-hmm. What was it about the 80s that seemed so much more simple than now? Well, we were able to get away with stuff because there was no social media, right? So if you had a problem with somebody, you took it up with them. If you, um, you know, there was nothing on social media, you you didn't have to see and be seen that way. So anything went and you, there were no, you could do stupid stuff and get away with it. And it was just the time when anything went. And like I said, if you had a problem with somebody, you took it up with them. You, you didn't get to hide behind a computer. And I think that's what it was. It was just fun times and and carefree because you couldn't get caught doing stupid stuff. I I feel like back then, what the kids today miss out on is the art of getting away with stupid stuff because that's all part of growing up. Mm -hmm. Yes, and everything is so overly documented now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What's used the essence of 80s fashion? So... Definitely everything was oversized, right? Everything was, um, we didn't show our bodies like the girls today just because that was the fashion. It was oversized sweatshirts and leggings and head sneakers and big socks. And, you know, I, I joke that back then, I mean, I know everything is so important now to be inclusive. Back then, we really, like my girlfriend, perfect example. She was short and chubby. I was tall and too skinny and we wore the same clothes and I didn't know that they were, they were too tight on her and she didn't know they were falling off of me and nobody cared. And I didn't realize we were being inclusive. We were just being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think too, with some of the, the styles you're describing, um, Things were not as I, I noticed, you know, I see this a lot because I like to watch footage from concerts and things from the 80s. And, uh, you know, I was a kid in the 80s, so I wasn't thinking about these things in the same way I am now. But I noticed that people were really covered up as well. There was, you know, all, all the necklines are really high. Uh, obviously, the, the waistlines are really high. The shoulder pads. And yeah. Was yeah. Covered. Exactly. It was very covered up. Yeah. And then as decades have gone on, there's more and more skin showing. And, and, you know, that's not, you know, I don't 
necessarily care, right? Either way, it's just an interesting difference that we see where um, I, I feel like like girls especially have become more and more exposed as time exactly. has gone on. Exactly. And it's funny because my girlfriend who I'm her, um, she'll always call me and be like, is this okay? Is this cool? Can I wear this? I'm her like fashionista. And I remember when she said to me, just let me know when leggings and oversized sweaters are back in. And I remember when I was like, they're back in. And she was so happy that she could wear that and be comfortable and now cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever think, you know, coming back to the gear bag, I mean, is this something that you ever thought would even come back at all? No. And I think, well, I shouldn't say no. I think that's why I did some with the label on the outside and some with the label on the inside. I was really looking to be something else when I grew up, get out of the, I was in um, mostly jeans and um, sportswear and I sold to very, um, to like the volume stores, right? So um, more discounters. And I was tired of chasing, you know, fast fashion and really inexpensive prices and then wanting to be even less and then I was like, okay, well, I can make it, but then I can make it for ugly because the more you take out, you know, then it's not nice anymore. So I was tired of doing that. And I said, I'm going to try this. So when I did some with the label on the outside and some with the label on the inside, it was because I wasn't sure. Would they recognize the label? Would it mean something? And I can tell you one of my first phone calls was two phone calls that I got that were interesting. One was a girl who basically hunted me down called me like in tears because she literally posted on Facebook like a few months before this happened, a picture of the gear bag saying, how can we get these again? But I didn't even know this. And then I had another girl who called me and said, I found your number. She's like, I actually have a business plan on my desk. She's like, would you be interested in a partner? And I joke because my boyfriend was like, don't you think you should have a business plan instead of just doing it? And I was like, oh yeah, I'll get to that. You know, the trademark and buying the goods is more important. And the point is, is the girl who had the business plan didn't do, and I did. And no, I wasn't sure if it would mean anything, but I will tell you that it absolutely does. And it's been really exciting for that reason. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting when you're, you're sharing the story about the person who was searching online for the bag a few months before the bag became available. Again, it kind of just makes me think sometimes uh, earlier I'd asked you about serendipity, but I, I always think about this kind of stuff because um, it does seem sometimes like there's a, a collective consciousness that we're all moving through where we're interested in the same things at the same time or, or certain groups of us are. And and I, I just keep coming back to this idea that the timing of you bringing back this brand it just feels so uncanny because it's like, yes, people are just ready for it. And they're, you know, they're ready before you even know that they're ready. Right. Exactly. And I will tell you that even um, the crossbodies, the girl, like, which that was something that they never did before. So I have some new ones um, that are just hitting and I'm doing a lot of um, straps so you can wear it as a crossbody. One, it comes with a shoulder strap also. So I, I tried to evolve it. And the reason I evolved it People did not think I should evolve it immediately. They showed it, thought I should stay true to what it was and not evolve it. But I didn't want to be a one-hit wonder and just bring back gear. I wanted to be in the handbag. I want the handbag business. I wanted to be something else when I grew up. And 
I found my calling because like I said, when the stores call me and say, I put a smile on people's face to me, that is better than chasing a $6 shirt, you know? And for me, that was the most, and again, like I said, it's nothing, I'm not curing cancer or anything, but just the smile that I put on somebody's face meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. I feel too, like there's a practical element to some of the changes that you brought back to these bags because I have some vintage clutches from the eighties and none of them have handles. They don't have the wristlet. They have nothing. So you do have to carry them the whole time. And anyone who's carried a bag with them all night to a concert or a club knows that it turns into a pain in the ass after a while, right? You, you want to put it somewhere. Yes. And so I feel like, you know, when I, I see your gear bags, it feels like, yes, they feel like a nod to the eighties and to what these bags originally were, but they also feel very modern they feel contemporary. And it's, it's like you're merging 2024 with 1987. I don't know if that's intentional, but that's how it feels. Well, it's funny that you say that because I had a few girls who were wished that it was exactly the original gear bag. Right. And so I, I do think tanks. So I'll ask friends, I'll, you know, even there's a red one that I did. I'm not a red person, but everybody said red. Now I love the red. So it was amazing. And then a few people thought I should have stayed true to the original, which I'm searching for the original because I actually have an original that somebody sent to me. So um, then I asked the girls and most of the girls said, no, I love the evolution of it because I don't, I want, I like the compartment on the inside. I like the wristlet. I don't want to just carry it under my arm. I love that this is lightweight. I love that it's elegant as well as I can throw it in my beach bag. Like everything about it, they loved. Mm -hmm. So for me, it really was about um, trying to stay true to the original, but modernizing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For for, for functionality. Yes, that makes so much sense. And I feel like sometimes... That's one thing that when we get nostalgic about fashion or nostalgic about certain eras overall, uh, people lose sight of, of those details. Like I think about jeans uh, from the 80s and 90s and how they were tapered at the bottom. And that's also become popular again to have tapered jeans. But, you know, it was really hard in those jeans to get your foot out sometimes, or if you had big calves to get jeans that you could even pull on uh, and get them all the way up. Right. And so now, you know, we have spandex in our jeans, they have stretch in them, but the original stuff sometimes was, (laughs) it looked great, but it didn't actually always feel that great. Exactly. It's funny you say that because I have a pair of Levi's that I kept, I refused to get rid of that I've had from the 80s that we uh, were tapered on the bottom. And now I see Redone sells them. uh, They're redone by Levi's. They sell for like $600. I managed to make a few moves, a few children and hold on to them for dear life. And they're better (laughs) than ever. (laughs) Why do you think, uh, why do you think the 80s have made such a comeback and such a, I think, a long-standing comeback as well? Because I feel like the 80s have been popular um, for about 20 years now. Well, yeah, even like the music, right? So that's mm-hmm. something that my son, who's 20 years old, 
he knows 80s music because they play them in, you know, at the parties. Like it's it's really, you know, it's funny. We used to go with my family and there was a station that was the oldies station. And now it's all, it was my father's doo-wop music we would listen to, I remember. And now it's all 80s music, which is so funny to me because it's, it is old music now. But even my kids know these songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. What are your kids like about these songs? They enjoy them? Do they enjoy them? I'm assuming that they do. I don't know. Maybe you know, I, I think it's just the type of music that they play, whether it's at parties or the DJs mm-hmm. have remixed them. They remix a lot of the old music. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, like when I listen to the lyrics today of music and I wonder, which I'm sure maybe it will be, but I can't imagine some of these people like Madonna still on tour. I can't imagine some of the people that my son listens to touring in 30 years from now, but it will be interesting to see. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wonder about that too. You know, we, we can never, we never know where things will go or what, how, how pop culture will endure, but I don't think that it was always expected that bands from the eighties would still be on tour today, but a lot of them are. I have a two part question for you. How, how do you feel the eighties were similar to our culture today and how are they different? Well, I think I've addressed how they're different in that you can, um, back then there was no cameras, there was no video there. I mean, there were camcorders, but now they're all on VCR. So you couldn't really, um, you know, have everything live on in infinity, right? So you can get away with stuff and do stuff and and grow up and and make your mistakes. You know, my biggest lesson that I teach my kids is every mistake that you make helps you not make that mistake again if you learn from it, you know? So mistakes are good. People think you have to be perfect. You don't. I mean, I describe myself as perfectly imperfect because I've made so many mistakes that made me to make better choices afterwards, Um, I think as parents, we don't let our kids make mistakes anymore because everybody's, you know, hovers over them. It was just a different time. Our parents were different. Our parents were like, this is what we're doing. You figure it out. You know, now we take our children everywhere and do everything. So it's just, we almost grew up on our own a little bit back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What would you tell yourself now if you could go back in time uh, and see yourself with your gear bag back in the 80s. What's something that you would share with the person you were then, given what you know now? You know, listen, I grew up in a great area back then. It was very mixed. Um, it was just a different time. We were all had different groups of friends, but we were all friends. So you had your group and then you were friends with the other groups. It was just such a different time. It wasn't as, it was clicky, but different. Um, But I think I would just tell my older self, I'm I'm sorry, my younger self, you know, everything, um, everything that you think matters doesn't matter. And just enjoy it and go for it. And if if you feel good in it, wear it. Doesn't matter what anybody Mm. thinks. Appropriate, Mm. not appropriate. I mean, listen, I happen to be one of those friends that if I saw my girlfriend, if she said, what do you think of this? And I thought it was bad, I would say, don't wear it. But I wouldn't say that if we were out together, you know, but I'm very honest. But I would say if it makes you feel good, wear it. Who cares? Mm -hmm. As long as because I always think happy girls are the prettiest girls. And if you feel good, then you look good. And that's just how I feel. 
Donna, where can people find your bags if they want to check you out and so, uh, and get themselves a Gear 80 bag finally? So the website is shopgear80.com. And then on Instagram, um, at shopgear80. And you can see all of my beautiful models of everybody that sends me their pictures of them with their huge smile on their face. Amazing. With their modern big gear bag. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Donna. And thanks everyone for listening. This is Liz Worth and this has been the Forever 80s podcast. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for everything. Thanks so much. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. The Forever 80s podcast hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. If you like this episode, let us know. Hit subscribe, leave a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.